Okay, I think we may kind of have this, but this isn't where we initially had planned on going live from. So we are, you can see we, we have this, there's no lower thirds today. There's no uh, special uh, keyframes. There's nothing unusual. It's just, uh, it's just us in a windstorm. Uh, but we're gonna talk with about- With no power. With no power. <laughs> there's no power, there's no internet. Um, but we do have a live stream, and um, I'm just going to update uh, uh, our audience. If I can, I'm going to have to figure out how to grab this. There is a crazy windstorm here today. There's like the power's out, 100 kilometer an hour plus winds. Uh, for our American friends, that's like 60 miles an hour, mm -hmm. something like that. It was crazy. I was walking the dogs earlier, and my van door I thought was going to break off because the wind swung it open so fast and we have a toy poodle that weighs about six pounds and um <laughs> thank goodness i was worried it was gonna pick her up and take her away the wind yeah thank goodness she didn't get blown away no like it's it, it's incredible yeah here i don't remember right having wind this strong in, in a long time but because we've had to um uh, call an audible i'm just gonna send this to our facebook group and uh, our plan today is to talk to you guys about puppy owner tips. You know, we had um, uh, a scheduled stream, there's an event set up uh, on our uh, channel, but we had a little bit of trouble getting into it. So we are gonna share uh, some of that stuff with you guys today and uh, we're looking forward to it. There's sort of four components or four pillars of being a new puppy owner that we wanna talk to you guys about and we'll do that uh, in just a second. I don't know if you have anything you want to talk about to our live stream audience as we this seat now normally we have like a beautiful studio and uh, this amazing setup and it runs so smoothly and I can actually uh, you know send the comments to screen and do all sorts of amazing things but today it's a bit of a challenge obviously with no power but I st we still want to share all these things with you guys so um, we were also lucky enough that some of our mobile devices devices still have battery my phone is currently charging in my car because <laughs> there's no power uh, yeah we're excited to talk about puppies because it's something that um that we both really like we uh offer um puppy classes at our training school and um and online as well but uh we just currently went through the whole puppyhood thing our youngest we still call her a puppy although i yeah. guess technically she's not a puppy anymore um, Beeline is our, um, oh, did you hear your name? She's it, just off camera Yeah, there. she's chewing on um, a bone that has a bunch of cheese inside it. She thinks this is like the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, she's a year and a half now, so she's not really a puppy anymore. But it really doesn't seem like that long ago before we were going through like the whole puppy thing with her. Um, bringing her home, that whole thing, which was sort of funny because it was not really something that we had planned on we weren't really supposed to get a puppy and then well things happen yeah <laughs> yeah well kale that was an, it's an interesting story how we ended up with beeline and um initially uh kale wasn't going to get a puppy but uh yeah. we uh, i knew uh, kale helped whelp the puppies with her mom and i knew very shortly after uh meeting some of these puppies that kale was she was ultimately going to get a puppy from this litter was hard. My parents went to Florida for three weeks, and so Ken and I had to take care of the puppies for about four weeks, I think, eh? That's right. From like age uh, three or four weeks to eight weeks. Yeah. Which is like the most fun part of having a puppy because they're like doing everything for the first time. Anyways, Beeline decided that she wanted to be mine. She was <laughs> sort of 
just wanted to follow me around everywhere. She was the only female in the litter. And, yep. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah, she's a pretty amazing little puppy. But we're going to talk to you guys today. We're actually um, um, professional dog trainers. We're going to talk to you guys today about how you can get, uh, you know, um, have the most trouble-free experience with your puppy. And a few tips and tricks for you guys who are puppy owners uh, that will just make your life so much easier. You know, uh, help your puppy build a relationship with you faster. And that's Ultimately, we want our dogs to listen. You know, we want to be able to spend time with our dogs, whether they're, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in an urban environment with lots of people around or, you know, off leash. Maybe you live in a rural property. You want your puppy or your dog to listen to you. And the best way to expedite that sort of response or, you know, have, have that, that kind of puppy uh, is to start them off on the right foot, giving them great information from the very beginning. And that's what we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about today. Now, Normally, uh, as I mentioned, this is our windstorm live stream uh, with the chaos and craziness out there of this windstorm. But um, normally, this is a point where I'd uh, say, I'm Ken Steep. I'm Kel McCann. And welcome <laughs> back to McCann Dogs. And we'd have this amazing bumper that says McCann Dogs and uh, Hippie Shaker Toy Poodle would bark twice while I play an out of tune G chord on the electric guitar or the acoustic guitar. But we don't have that today. We're going back to grassroots. Like this is OG live streaming. This is the way we everybody used to live stream and I'm excited that you guys could be here with us uh, as we just hang out. Now if you have any questions for us, I've got um, an iPad off to the side here and I'm trying to set it up so that I can see all of your comments. We can see some of your comments and questions on screen and uh, we so a, as you come up with your puppy questions as these things come to you make sure that you ask them in the chat but it's gonna be a little bit different today it's been a long time since we did like a, a t an iPhone live stream so I'm kind of excited about it it's gonna be fun uh, hopefully maybe the power will come back on halfway through that'd be pretty that would be great. yeah it'd be great uh, because we don't really know what we're doing for dinner at this point and we have one studio light that's battery powered and um, we can, maybe you can see we have a window off to this side so hopefully it lights us well enough or it doesn't go dark before the end of our live stream today. <laughs> but I'm just going to uh, um, add a couple things into the uh, event here so that we can bring, there were some people that were uh, wanted to watch uh, from the card, the, the, the placeholder video that we had earlier and I'm going to make sure that they know that we are actually uh, streaming on this link and you know what would be super helpful for us guys if you are uh, watching this on maybe desktop or even maybe from your mobile it might be hard to do but share the link to this video because I know there was lots of people that had um, you know liked the video beforehand but we had to change links because of this uh, unfortunate um, uh, event with you know the power being off but I didn't want to miss a moment of helping you guys because the reality is whether there's the bells and whistles that we have from our normal live streams or not, you know, uh, our the information help, is the same. Yeah, the information's here. So we're here to help you guys. <coughs> help you guys. And I'm going to need to get a drink. Yeah. It was chaos trying to get the stream up and running for you guys. So <coughs> I want to make sure that the live stream is a live stream. Absolutely. That's part of the fun of it. Uh, Megan <laughs> no actually mentioned the live stream is a live stream. Yeah. So that's part of the fun of it is, uh, you know, sort of rolling with the punches and, and it's a great place for you guys to ask your questions. So if you have any questions for us, if you're on mobile, the, the uh, chat window is probably just beneath your player window. If you're on desktop, it's probably beside, but drop those questions in the chat and we'd be happy to answer them. So I'm gonna get Kale started. We talked a little bit about this, about the live stream before we went on camera here. And, and we talked about four elements that we wanted to talk about tonight 
also answering all of your questions. But I think the first one we were talking about is supervision and how, see, okay, I've got fur on my face probably because I was snuggling with Beeline just before we went on. <laughs> but supervision is uh, something that you might think, um, you know, just makes sense. But we see 500 dogs a week at our training facility and there are lots of people that come in and think, oh, you know what, that just, I didn't even think of that, but that makes sense. So, Kale, can you start us off a little bit talking about supervision and supervising your puppy? Absolutely. Um, getting a new puppy is very overwhelming. And, you know, when we teach classes, we always talk about the importance of supervision and, um, and what that entails. And when we talk to our students about it and ask them about, you know, how things are going at home, their idea of supervision or their understanding of supervision is often a little bit different then uh, that hours are what we're intending. So, you know, when it comes to supervising, it literally does mean both of your eyes should be on the dog at all times. Yeah. And, you know, lots of people will say, oh, well, you did this. And I say, well, you know, were you supervising? Were you watching? Well, yeah, I was in the same room. But, you know, within further conversation, I realized that they were on the computer busy doing emails or they were on the phone or they were watching the hockey game. And, you know, those are all normal things that we human beings need to do on a regular basis. But it just means that we shouldn't be supervising our dog and doing that at the same time. So when you're supervising your dog, you should, you know, you be, should be watching them. It's just like if you were, had, a, had a really small child and, um, you know, they were just starting to be more mobile in the house. You wouldn't, you know, sit in your living room as your kid crawled or walked into the kitchen all by themselves. You know, any responsible, oh, she's apparently coming mm -hmm. Hello, uh, any responsible dog owner would get up and they were, dog owner, uh, any responsible parent, I meant to say, um, you know, would follow their child into the other room and, you know, monitor and make sure things were safe, make sure good decisions were being made. And basically we need to be doing that with the dogs. And it's funny, people often feel that dogs are different than kids and they are for sure, but there's a lot of similar qualities um, as far as raising them goes and, you know, um, supervising and following them and being there to influence good decisions and bad decisions are really, really important. I think another thing that people are often surprised about is how quickly dogs learn. Um, dogs have a one second learning time frame. So if they do something right or if they do something wrong, we basically need to tell them within that moment whether it's a good choice or it's a bad choice. And if we're not supervising closely enough, it's virtually impossible to give them that information with the correct timing. And you know, sometimes they can figure things out after the fact, but you know, if our, our information is late to the dog, um, it can create a lot of confusion and a lot of frustration, both for you and also for the dog as well. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, when dogs have accidents and that's, that's the most common thing that we yeah, hear, sure. you know, we hear a lot of responses like, oh, well, he went to the bathroom because he was angry that I didn't take him for a walk or, you know, he, you know, did it for this reason or did it for that reason. Um, or, you know, you didn't see them go to the bathroom and you come in and, there's a mess on the floor and then you see a dog that looks really guilty and some people will still, you know, get upset with the dog at that point. And, you know, those situations are all really unfair for the dog because most of the time their reactions are based on your emotions and your feelings. You know, if, you know, she went to the washroom on the floor and I missed it and I came in. My natural response would be to sigh or to clench my fists or to, you know swear or something yeah. and you know all of those she knows me really well she's gonna go uh oh mom's mad and that's where that guilty look is gonna come into play um and the wonderful thing about uh, dogs are that they don't have feelings of spite or things like that so if you don't have time to walk them or if you are paying attention to the kids and not 
paying attention to them. They don't make mistakes to make you angry because of doing that. They make mistakes because they're lacking supervision and information. And dogs live within the moment. They're like, their brains are great. They do what yeah. feels good in the moment. And once the moment's gone, they're on to the next one. They don't, they don't sort of fester feelings. That's a silly, stupid human thing that we do. But dogs aren't like that. They literally live in the moment. And, and that's a great pro tip. That's a great to, pro tip for you to keep in mind yeah. when you're working with your dogs. Is dogs really do live in the moment. So if they do something that's really great, capture that moment. You know, acknowledge the fact that they've made a great choice. Uh, and if you catch them in the act of doing something that you don't like, then let them know that that's not the right behavior. Give them an oops or an ah or something to mark that moment. But you can't, you know, uh, clip the leash on and uh, just curse and, and mumble and, and uh, utter uh, obscenities as you walk away from that event. You need to mark that moment that they've made that mistake. Um, and that's especially true, uh, Kale mentioned, for potty training. You know, a lot of people struggle with their potty training. And maybe it's they give their dog a little too much freedom without supervision or whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, so often you hear of people saying, you know, uh, if my dog has an accident somewhere in the house, then I'll bring them back to it and tell them that that's wrong. You know, really rub their nose in it. That makes me sad. Yeah, it's really not the way dogs learn. And, and you need to keep that in mind. You need that's to capture that moment. That's a good way to make a dog moment. stressed about situations and stressed sure. about you because they don't understand that. Of course, they're going to think that going to that particular thing is awful <laughs> but it's mostly they're reacting to your your feelings and your emotions um you know we could we should certainly probably talk about potty training because i think that that's probably a big a big thing for people and dog owners but um basically with any unwanted behavior that your dog does there's two ways to go about it there's prevention and there's correction those are the two things mm -hmm. and your goal is to prevent to the best of your ability yeah. uh and then the odd time that you have to correct you have to correct mm -hmm. but prevention is key so uh, you know coming back to the supervising thing supervising your dog 24 7 is impossible it cannot be done you have lots of things to do you know ken and i have really busy lives and we have a lot of dogs and it would be impossible to watch them perfectly all of the time. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of management tools that we use to help to help ourselves um, have the ability to supervise well with quality and not necessarily quantity. And then when we can't supervise them, we have ways that we are preventing problems from happening. So um, a couple things that we do is uh, number one most important thing that we utilize is a crate. Uh, we're big believers in crate training. Um, you know, and it's all about teaching the dog that the crate is their space and that's their happy home to be. Um, to be, that's a good name for a dog, Miss B, good girl. So um, when we introduce a crate to our dogs, they're, they're baby puppies. And um, what we usually do for the first, actually beeline year and a half, and she still eats her dinner and breakfast in the crate. Yeah, all of our dogs mm -hmm. do. But yeah. we often will feed our dogs in the crate. And you know, even with her as a puppy, by the time, you know, I brought her home when she was about maybe eight weeks old or so, by the time she was like 12 weeks old, the moment the food would hit the bowl, she would actually be running into the crate without us even asking her to because she associated getting her food with going in there. So we were programming her to t think that the crate was a really pleasant place to be. I would never want her to think that it was a bad thing. So yeah. it's all about how you and, introduce and it's not it just to that. the dog. It, it absolutely is about how you introduce it to the dog. And some people feel like, oh, you know, my dog's uh, 
maybe they're old enough now and I trust them, so um, I, don't, uh, I don't want to use a crate or I don't need to use a crate. But imagine someone were to just take away your bedroom. I mean, I often talk about that. It's a safe place, and whether you want to use a crate or not, once you trust your dog and they're safe and they, you know, they make great decisions in the house, that's up to you. But it's also a safe place for them just to go and hang out. And if you have kids, maybe that's a safe place for them to go and have some quiet time. Um, it's a great way to transport them if you're uh, you know, taking them to the vet or to the park or something like that. A crate is a really safe place for them to be when they're in transit. Uh, Kale travels all over the world with her dogs and they go in crates when she flies them. So having them be really comfortable yeah. in their crate is a really big advantage. And even if it's not something you're thinking about right now, it's a nice, it's their bedroom. It's somewhere that they can go and hang out and just unwind a little bit. So. Don't be in a hurry to uh, eliminate your dog's crate from their training regimen or you know, as they live around your house because it's really something that's for them as much as it is for you when we talk about management. Yeah, and as they get older, you can just start to use it when you need it. You know, B is a year and a half old and you know, she's out loose in our house quite often and, and we trust her pretty well. She's, pretty, she's a pretty good dog. She's made very few mistakes you know, in her, in her little life, which is great, but we wouldn't leave her out of her crate if we were to go out for the night or something <laughs> like that. No, in fact. And not that I don't think that she would like, I don't think she would wreck our house, do you? No. I don't think she would. No, no, no. But I wouldn't want her to get into something and like, I'm more worried about her safety because I love totally. her so much. Totally. I do. So um, I would, wouldn't want anything to ha happen to her and she's just going to lie down and sleep anyway. So why not lie down and sleep in a crate where nothing bad's going to happen to you. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a safe place for Yeah, her. and she has no problem going in there. So, you know, the, the crate's a really helpful thing. Um, you know, when we have a crate with our with our puppies, like going back to puppy training with crates, um, we usually have uh, two crates on the go for our puppy. Yeah, this is really this is a really important tip and I think everyone can really take advantage of it. Yeah, so one of the crates uh, remains in our bedroom. Now when she was a puppy, she was small enough that the crate, we could move it easily. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the crates was in our bedroom so that she was nice and close to us when we were sleeping for you know some bonding so she did not sleep in our bed or loosen our bedroom and she was a puppy because we were sleeping and we couldn't watch her. So she'd be in a crate. Um, and for the first couple nights, she actually slept in a crate on my bedside table. Yeah, she's so <laughs> right? little. Yeah, she was yeah. so small, but that's so if she like made any noises or whatever, I was right there to uh, deal with it however I needed to. So one crate was in our bedroom. Uh, and then the second crate was in the most common place in our house. And in our house, it's in our kitchen. With the most activity. Yeah, we're in our, we're our kitchen a ton. It's like the center center room of our home. Mm -hmm. um, so we have her in there so that if she was crated, she didn't feel like she was being separated from the rest of our, our family. You know, the other dogs would be out, hi sweetie, would be out in the kitchen and she would be in her crate. So just because our other dogs were loose and, and allowed to have freedom, it didn't necessarily need mean that she could have it as well. It really depended on, you know, whether we had time to like really focus on her. Um, and coming into another thing, and we have individual videos on all of these things, which we I'm do. sure can Yeah, and I've linked, I've linked some of those in the description below, but there's also some cards above. If you just click, I think it's the top right-hand corner or something mm -hmm. like that. I'll see where I'm pointing. In this corner. Uh, if you have multiple dogs in your household, we are firm believers, believers in separating your puppy from the other dogs initially until you have good control and bond with your dog. So for the first couple months that B lived with us in our house. Um, 
she didn't uh, have free range with our other dogs. She would be loose and the other dogs would be away or the other dogs would be away and she would be loose. And that's so that we could develop a really tight bond between her and us. Um, so that when we started to integrate everybody together, we didn't have a puppy that would think that playing with the other dogs was more important than listening to us. Yeah. And um, we were really successful. I mean, she gets along fabulously with her other dogs now. She loves to play with her buddies. But, you know, when push comes to shove, she really would rather be with Ken and I than than with the other dogs, which I personally really, really love. Well, and it, it's not, you know, that choice that you made wasn't just a preference. Uh, you know, you have been around uh, dogs and dog training your entire life. You know, your parents have whelped uh, all, tons and lots and lots and lots of dogs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, McCann Dogs has trained over 80,000 dogs in yeah. 35 years. And, you yeah. know, knowing that, knowing I that process, truly understanding how puppies are thinking and, you know, the best way to give great information to their puppies, uh, you know, is it, just an understanding that we have. And we know uh, in the last however many um, years that you and I have been living together, that those dogs, even though they're in that pack setting, all of our dogs, uh, both mine and Kale's and ours, so to speak, um, do listen to us when we need them to. But they also get to have a great opportunity to go play with the other dogs and, you know, engage with the other dogs. But really when we need them to come back, you know, whether it's for safety or just, you know, because we want to work with them or whatever, they will do, turn on a dime and come back to us because we've built that great relationship with them. It, individually, it really, separately. Individually, individually, yeah, because mm -hmm. we've spent that time, really invested that time, mm -hmm. spending time with them, you know, working on all kinds of little things. But uh, let's pop into the comments just for a moment. Okay. And we'll see. I see uh, there's lots of, uh, uh, Becky Parker says, B is so cute. That's tr so true. Um, Melanie Caldwell says, I was wondering. We think she's cute, yeah. Melanie says, I was wondering uh, uh, that the wind here is crazy. Our puppy almost blew away. I it's feel funny you. That you say that. Our poodle, I've, I, we have a toy poodle that I just took the dogs on a big walk. And a couple times I picked her up and held her in my arms because I was worried that the wind was going to pick her up and blow yeah. her away. Yeah, it was really blowing so hard. I saw some pictures from uh, Twitter that showed multiple hydro poles knocked over uh, onto the street. Yeah. So I, I don't know when we can expect power back, but it'll be some time from now. I think it really, really strong winds. Um, Becky Parker, how long do you typically keep, the, uh, keep a leash attached to a puppy in the house? That's a great question. Because we're all looking for answers that we can quantify. Yeah. That we can say like, okay, at this age, I know that I can take, our, take that house line off. And I remember years and years ago when I was a student at McCann Dogs, 10 years ago or so or whatever, uh, I asked Kale this exact question. I said, How, when, when, when am I okay to let my dog puppy burn? When am I okay to take that line off and just let her be? And I remember this so well because it made so much sense to me. When you're getting a consistent response, when you mm -hmm. find that you're never having to use that leash anymore, when, when your dog is uh, you know, able to listen to you, you call them back in the house, when you uh, find that you're not having to step on that line to get that sock out of their mouth, that's a pretty good uh, way to know. That's a pretty good threshold to pass that you know that your puppy is going to be okay without that line on. But here's the thing. It's fluid. You know, if you find that you're Take your house line off. Your puppy's been amazing for the past, you know, three or four weeks. And all of a sudden they develop some behavior. They're doing something that you don't really love. It's okay to put that house, house line back on them. And you should. And you should because 
that's the best way to give them good information. So uh, don't think that it's like a, 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 a really black or white on or off scenario. It, it's okay to put that leash back on because you're training them. You really want to make sure that they're getting great information, uh, whether it's in the house, outside, wherever. So you need to set them up to be successful. And the best way to be successful is to prepare for those kinds of situations by using your house line. Yeah, every dog is different, you know. Um, the more experience you have with dog training, usually the earlier you can take lines off dogs because you probably were, you know, good at setting them up for success. Um, you know, B didn't have a leash on, on in the house for super long, but she's also the type of temperament or um, type of minded dog where she's not really very tenacious like she's yeah. she's she's very biddable very she very, very biddable well. and yeah. you know and not every dog i've owned is, has been that way i've had other dogs where um you know it just took a little bit longer because they were a little bit pushier or that type of thing um but you know we are very specific about how we manage the dogs as young dogs so they don't really get a lot of opportunity to learn bad right. things yeah. and for that reason it's easier to progress through some of those steps much much faster but if you aren't as familiar with puppy training and you're not, not as familiar with how to set your dog up for success then unfortunately it will take you a little bit longer and that's okay the most important thing is that you're not putting your dog into a situation where they're rehearsing bad things because you know just like through repeating good things they learn behaviors repeating bad things can also teach them behaviors as well so and you know it's really important that you're um allowing your dog to give you the answers to that question mm -hmm. you know if you're saying to yourself well what can i take the leash off well how well behaved is your dog right. so you know the the more well behaved your dog is that there's your answer right there and if you're still having trouble it's probably not a good time yet and it has a lot to do with perspective you know uh hearing you talk about that and, and thinking back to some of the students that we uh we've taught or we've talked to about uh puppy training in the head start class which by the way, our Head Start class is the most fun class for me to teach because you basically go in and you get to deal with these adorable fluffy little puppies for like an hour and a half. It's amazing. You get to teach them all these tricks and you get to see them play. I love it. Okay. Anyway, with that said, um, it's about perspective. So don't think about that leash going on as any form of punishment. It's a, it's a training opportunity. It's allowing you to give your dog great information. Um, so again, you know, when you encounter these issues, it's not because your dog, we talked about it a little bit earlier, it's not because your dog's trying to be defiant. It, it's that they don't know that's an undesirable thing. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind. It's, a, it's all about perspective, how you view these uh, situations, because they're really training situations. Um, okay, so Megan Ashley, um, Fox is constantly supervised if I'm home and in a crate if I'm not, which is really, really great. Um, can we talk about nipping, especially with the herding dogs? Fox doesn't bite, obviously, but when he gets super excited, he will try to nip at my face. So that's that's um, a skill that we, we talk a little bit about in our grade one program. It's uh, settle and we sit. We talk about it in our Head Start program too. Okay. So why don't you talk about the, the Head Start version of the uh, of that sort of behavior? Um, well, there is uh, your puppy needs to be disciplined for that, first and foremost. You know, putting your mouth, their mouth on our skin or our clothing is not acceptable. Um, whether they're doing it that when it's actually hurting you or whether it's not, it's still um, a disrespectful behavior and not something that we would ever allow the puppy to do. Um, first of all, if the puppy is nipping at your face, 
consider why your face is so close to the puppy's yeah, face. Yeah, that's important. So um, we tend to, you know, I'm not giving a very good example right now because I've been like smooching my dog for the mm. last hour um, or the half hour, but you know, she's not nipping and biting me, no. so it doesn't really matter. But you know, as a baby puppy, I don't really want to practice a lot of opportunity where my face is right down in the puppy's face because that makes me look like the same status as the dog, makes me look like a litter mate and some dogs that view their owners as a litter mate are much more likely to nip and bite them. Um, sometimes it's to establish authority and sometimes it's just because the puppies are hyper and yeah. that happens to be the closest body part and nipping is a fun thing to do when, when they're hyper. So, you know, try not to allow your puppy if they're going through any nipping type of, of um, periods that you're letting them get up in your face, you know, keep yourself up, keep them down so that it's, um, there's a bit of a hierarchy there. Uh, the other thing that's going to be important is to have a leash and a proper fit collar on the puppy so that if they start to do that, you can immobilize them uh, right away. Um, if you have a young puppy, so under 15 weeks old, um, we would recommend something called a passive restraint as a very mild form of discipline um, that works for some puppies for sure. And um, basically what you would do is take your puppy by the collar. My dog's not wearing a collar right now, but uh, take your puppy by the collar and you would basically snug them up at your side and you would hold them very tight against your body. So one hand would be bracing the dog against your side. The other hand would be in your dog's collar and you would simply hold. And when, could girl be, when you do that, um, most puppies throw a temper tantrum and it's very common when dogs start to panic or they get fussy that people go oh and they let the puppy go because you know they think they're hurt or whatnot and that's the worst thing you can do so this type of uh, response does not hurt the dog in any way it just immobilizes them and basically says you can't do that cut it out and when your puppy finally submits and they relax in your hands then of course you could praise and calmly reward from there and then give yourself give your puppy something else to do that would be more appropriate in that moment um whether it's to a bone or maybe put them in their crate for a few minutes you know uh, something that sort of stops the situation um that is a really mild version and for some dogs who are being really pushy it's not always effective and there are other ways to do it but it's not really something that's appropriate to talk over the live stream because it requires demonstration and specific details um, that we would teach in our classes. So, but that would be give you sort of um, something to, to work on in the meantime. Yeah, and this is something we did with Hippie, Hippie Shake a lot, lot, cause she didn't love to be held, but we'd simply just hold her. We would literally give her a hug and just hold her and wait until she was like, oh, okay, I don't mind being held. Uh, and then we'd uh, you know allow her to run around and, and be free. But it's also a, a good handling exercise in that in that situation. It's it's good to be holding your dog, uh, you know, restraining them until they're like, okay, I get it. And when they relax, uh, you can you know allow them to go around and, and do their thing. There's certainly lots of things that you should avoid, though. There's unfortunately there's a lot of things out there on the internet um, suggestions on how to discipline dogs for nipping, and a lot of them are horrifying for oh, you to yeah. read. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's you know grabbing them by the snout and closing their mouth shut or flipping them upside down, something called an alpha roll, we would never re recommend those things. No. They're not appropriate things for humans to be doing to dogs. No, and, um, and they just set the dog up to be wrong. Like it's just yeah, a or bad you know, some dogs good information. get put in a situation where they feel cornered and sure. 
and um, they don't even have an opportunity to show submission to the handler or to the owner and that's really what we're looking for um, so you know there's lots of right ways and wrong ways to do it but I think the passive restraint is a good suggestion that I could make in the meantime uh, for discipline for a young puppy it's appropriate only for young puppies mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. okay so um... Uh, Becky Parker, when she's, we were talking about putting the line back on, she says, yep, Hap just got the line put back on. So that's good training on your part. King Cameron asks, uh, I don't know if this is the right stream for this, but what do you look for in a puppy? Can you tell what kind of temperament a puppy is going to have uh, later when you go to look at a litter? And I think we can just briefly sort of breeze over the idea of puppy testing. That uh, yeah, I absolutely can. That's actually something that I've done uh, for many of my friends, I've gone with them to puppy test puppies to help them select um, a dog from the litter. Yeah. Um, we puppy test all of the puppies that we breed ourselves and we use that method to help match the puppy to the future dog owners that we have. Um, most of the time when we have litters, we intend to keep one or two puppies between myself or Ken or um, my parents, which isn't super often. Uh, with Beeline's litter, we, um, we did puppy tests and that's actually one of the funny reasons how we got B because there's one portion of the test that she didn't do well at. And um, I was aware that there was a bit of a, a weakness in that area. And um, I had told Ken before the puppy test that, because uh, I was so undecided as a, to whether I was gonna keep a puppy or not, not because I didn't like her, but because it wasn't great timing. Uh, but I said to him before the puppy test, if she doesn't do well in the puppy test, then at least I know that, you know, it's just not, well, I'll just wait, you know, for a more appropriate time. So I called him after the puppy test and I said, oh, she didn't do that great on this one section. Right. And he said, oh, well, I guess you have your answer. And then I was basically in tears and I said, but I love her anyways. Yeah, I yeah. don't care about that one thing. Yeah. And he was like, oh boy. So anyways, and it is something that we see a weakness in her now. So the weakness is that um, if she uh, was approached with like, um, a new person that she didn't know and it was like a little bit surprising to her she takes a little bit of time to warm up to that person it's not like an immediate like jump all over them uh and i didn't i don't don't love that about her but we've just come to accept it it doesn't yeah. affect her life in any way it doesn't affect her agility it's just we just you know it's, it's an extra training yeah thing it's just an extra training on. thing it's not not a big deal to me no. um but it's just something that i noticed at six weeks old that i knew she was going to have trouble with um, so anyways, it's just, it is, but you know, we notice things about sound sensitivity or, um, recovery or confidence or independence or toy drive, food drive, structure, all kinds of things that we do to look at puppies. So when I'm choosing and selecting a dog, um, to be, you know, my next working dog, I will go through a series of tests to figure out whether I feel the dog fits my criteria or not. And my criteria is good for me it might not be good for somebody else but yeah. um i have a specific thing that i look for uh when i'm getting dogs and knock on wood we've been pretty successful because each dog that we've had ha has ended up you know matching very us very well so that's been good hey b come on mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and Beeline is no different. I mean, she's a, a she's perfect. pretty remarkable yeah. little uh, athlete and, and, and an amazing little house dog. 
people often see the uh, the videos and see the dogs competing in agility and you know running like crazy around the agility ring and they just wonder, especially Funky. Funky often guesses maybe because she's the loudest. Yeah, Funky is the loudest but, but people, on the agility field. Yeah, but people would think like, oh, what is that like living with her at home? How could that possible? How can you possibly live like that? The laziest dog. Yeah, for sure. But you can see, you know, the, all of our dogs with the the, the training and good information. They get an off switch built in so that they can go out to the agility ring and uh, be running a million miles an hour and be super intense. And then we get them at home and then they're just this beautiful little, oh, you can't really see. I guess I can remove this and you just see beeline. You know that there's a way to start. Yeah, yeah. I hope you guys are aware by now. And if you uh, aren't aware and you've just jumped in on the stream, welcome uh, to McCann Dogs. It, we have a horrible windstorm here today. We have no power, no internet. We've got to the OG uh, using the phone to live stream. But today we're talking about puppy owner tips and we've talked about a few of the elements to give your give you the best opportunity to have a great experience with that new puppy and we talked a little bit about supervision and we talked a little bit about management we've also talked uh, touched, training. touched on crate training supervision supervision is so important and, and I mean we can't stress this enough we often get asked uh, asked questions like how do you teach your dog to stop chewing on shoes or how do I teach my dog to stop going in the laundry hamper and when we reply with supervision and how important it is, people are just seem uh, so disappointed that we can't say like, oh, you know, if you stand on your, you pat your head and touch your nose and tell your dog to stop it, that they'll just stop doing it. But remember, every, your dog is constantly learning. They're learning good and bad. So you want to be sure that you're there to make sure they get good information. You know, even if they make the wrong choice, you want to be there to show them that that's not the right thing, but this is. You need to keep that in mind when you're training a puppy. So again, when, when you're not supervising, them, not supervising them, they're learning. And you don't want to just have your fingers crossed that they're learning good stuff. You know, you need to be there to help them to make sure that they're learning good things. So that's really important. Let's talk a little bit about training a puppy. Um, what we do for training, you know, what sort of things we do with our puppies um, to ensure, you know, that they understand how to learn. Because part of that puppy ownership is, you know, interacting with them. And, and not too early, of course, but teaching them how to be, how, how to learn, how to be, you know, responsive to some of the things that we'd like to teach them further down the road. I'm smirking because puppy training is my favorite phase mm, and look at Beeline, of having can't. a dog. I love puppy training. Mm -hmm. I love it because they're so young and they're so easy to mold into what you want. And if you get them excited about learning, they love it. They, they just love the problem solving. When B was a puppy, we just, we trained every single day on learning new things. And um, she just, she loved it. It's a great way to build relationship. And when she was a puppy, we focused a lot initially on just learning how to learn. Right. And I know that sounds sort of maybe a bit dorky, but truly that's what we focused on. So I taught her problem solving skills. I taught her that, you know, interacting with me and focusing on me and training with me was really, really a lot of fun for her. Um, we did a lot of trick training when she was a puppy. Uh, not just because, you know, it looks cool and you can like show off to your friends, which is an added bonus for sure, but it more was to get her thinking and learning. So, um, you know, we learned, you know, sit down, response to name very, very early, uh, but lots of tricks. Um, yeah, and uh, the, talk about the benefits of trick training. Like, it's even the most simple trick, tricks, and we have a ton of trick training videos mm -hmm. on the channel that you can, you should absolutely take advantage of, but 
Just talk about trick training with the dog and why a puppy and why it's good for puppies specifically. Yeah, well, as I just mentioned, it, it is definitely about relationship building. It's about problem solving. What's nice about puppy or about trick training in general is there's no consequence if things are wrong. So, mm. you know, if they try something and they don't get it correct, you just allow them to keep trying something new and trying something new. And it creates a bit of a creative brain for the dog, which which I really love, especially for, you know, me being interested in agility and things like that, where... You know, you do want your dog to be very creative um, yeah. as far as their thinking goes. But uh, it's a fabulous way to tire them out mentally as well. Um, when Bee was a puppy, she we had her, you know, in the fall and the winter. And it wasn't always easy just to go outside and play and to tire her out. So often we would be stuck inside because it would be freezing outside. Yeah. So winter, Don't get a winter puppy if you no. can help it. <laughs> Unless you fall in love with the dog and then you have yeah, to keep yeah, them. That's yeah. just exactly what happened to us. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we did lots of puppy puppy training. We did lots of uh, recalls down our hallway um, where Ken would go to one end and I would go to the other. We would have some of her, her dinner and we would just practice calling her up and down the hallway, um, rewarding her when she caught us. Uh, we play hide and go seek games in the house. Yeah, and um, I just want to talk about those two things, things really quickly. Like that uh, response to name one, where you, Kayla and I would, and you can, just, it's just off camera, but we'd sit in our hallway uh, with a bunch of really great treats in our hand, and we'd set the puppy up, and uh, I'd be at the far end of the hallway, maybe 12, 15 feet away, and Kayla would get uh, Beeline really excited, and then I'd call her name, and Kayla would release her to me. It was a great opportunity to build like a really gratifying experience into a recall where we're really, it's all about motivation. We're getting Beeline really excited. She can't wait. She hears her name. She gets to run to me and she gets rewarded with a really, really great trick. And it's such a simple activity to do with your puppy and it really builds value on you. So you guys that have those uh, really little itty bitty puppies right now, Try that. Try that in your hallway with a spouse or if you don't have somebody there you can always put you know like a, a, a put their house line on and just wrap it around the, maybe the table of your um, uh, or the, the leg of your kitchen table. Get them really excited on that food. Use some really exciting language and then call their name and release them to you. It's really really fun and it's a it's a great way to burn out off some of that puppy energy and you can do it just about anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful. I try to retreat to retrieve as a baby puppy as well. So we would play retrieve games uh, because I had the line on her. So she learned very quickly to bring the toy right back to me. That was something that we learned very, very early on. Um, yeah, all kinds of things that you can do with them when, when they're young. Um, obviously nothing that's going to be too crazy impactful on their body because they're still growing and learning. So you want to be careful about that. But there's lots of things that you can do to, to, to teach them to love to learn and to like to work for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I want to mention if you have any questions about puppies, puppy training, um, how to be, uh, you know, any uh, puppy owner tips is what we're talking about today. And um, we actually, uh, Megan Ashley says, can we talk about that in the MDC group? And what she's talking about is our My Dog Can group. So we have an online training program teaching uh, family obedience. And you get to train with us, you get uh, access to our private Facebook group, and you get uh, access to conversations that we are going to have with Megan in the uh in the, the in the facebook group so it's a it's a great opportunity i put a link probably in the description below you can check that out and actually if you're interested in uh, online our online program to train with us uh the first class is actually free so you can check that out and um you know try it out and you practice some of the skills that we show off in that first lesson so um I, I, nothing else is really springing to mind when we talk about puppy owner tips and it's hard because normally we have our little agenda and we know uh, we have like these prompts and things as we go through our live stream we know what the next 
uh, segment or section of the live stream is going to be, but we, this one's old school. We went old school with this live stream because we have no power and there was a horrible windstorm outside. We don't even have internet. So we wanted to, we still wanted to sit down with you and, and have this conversation and allow you guys to ask your questions about being a puppy owner. But on that note, I think uh, we're going to take uh, our puppies. It seems like the wind has died down a little bit. And maybe it's time to take our puppies outside and, uh, and trust that they're not going to blow away. Because two hours ago, that was a question. Like yeah. it was windy enough that we might have one of the dogs get blown uh, away. And that was a concern of ours. But we want to thank you guys for watching. And if this is your first time on the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We publish new videos every single week to help you spend some quality time with your four-legged family members. Just like little Beeline here. Now I've popped a bunch of links in the description. I've put some uh, links to the card. Uh, uh, actually, maybe this is a new stream, so I haven't done that, but there, there should be some links in the description. Of videos that you can check out, and if they're not here now and you're watching the, uh, the replay, uh, hopefully they'll be there by then. But on that note, I want to thank you guys for watching, and uh, I'm going to wish you happy training. Bye for now. I don't even remember how to stop these streams the old school way. Bye, guys.